Hello, welcome to the Courtney Charm Podcast. I am here today with Justin Barclay, and he is an author. He is a radio host. He has a book called The Good News, which I really like because in today's uh, milieu, there's not always so much good news. We focus a lot on some of the darker stuff that's going on, but there's a lot of good stuff happening too. So I think it's important we talk about that. And uh, yeah, how are you doing today? Oh, it's awesome. Never a dull moment. Often on my show, I talk about it's like drinking from a fire hose. And uh, that's what it that's what it feels like. So it's been a lot of fun and, and uh, exciting times, that's for sure. It's definitely exciting times. Yeah. So let's let's start with the book. What made you write it? And uh, yeah, tell tell us a little bit about how how that came about. So I'm in uh, you know, work in a radio station in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I do a news talk uh, radio show. And uh, before 2020, we'd talk about anything. I mean, it was something new coming to a town, a business or a restaurant or something. You know, it was sort of just your down home kind of thing. And and uh, we were all across the board. 2020 hits, a little bit of politics for sure, but 2020 hits. And, and um, you know, as you know, you're, you're, you're forced, you're looking at these things on a daily basis. I have to look at the stories and uh, I'm sharing stories, and I noticed that uh, there was a lot of good news, particularly about COVID and about how we could fight back. Right. Uh, and some people were, and it just wasn't getting traction. Even uh, would there would be a positive stat or a positive uh, update on something. It just wasn't getting the play. It was constant fear right, 24-7. And so I had jumped into overdrive. I'm constantly sharing these stories, and we had expanded our show because our governor here in Michigan was uh she was a fan of the lockdowns we call her the Wolverine Queen because we're uh, that's our state mascot here the Wolverine so she was she was a tyrant I mean uh she had some crazy rules like uh well you could go out on a boat if the boat didn't have a motor on it <laughs> just just strange strange things that made no sense you could go to certain stores but you couldn't go to others and if you went in certain uh, big box stores, you couldn't go down certain aisles. And uh, these were all executive orders. Later on, the, the, the Supreme Court, Michigan Supreme Court here, uh, eventually ruled that she had broken the law and she couldn't do what she was doing. Right. Um, but we went through all that. And every day or so, she'd come out with a new order or a new, you can go here today, you can go there today. We, so we would all wait with bated breath by the radio, waiting for what mom would come out and tell us whether we're grounded or not that day. It was kind right. of how it was. <laughs> so we expanded the radio show uh, a lot of, during this time to go an extra hour, an extra two hours. I'm just an hour a day. And and so I'm, I'm just really thrust into all of this. So I have to pay attention. And um, as I said, I see all these things. And during it all, uh, people would come to me and often ask me, what do you think is going to happen here? What do you think is going to happen there? And, and, and eventually we had that election in 2020, which was even more important. Right. And I always kept coming back to the same thing. I would tell people, I don't know. All I know is that God is still on the throne. And that was often my, my good news. I wrote the book because I felt like I, I was called to share this message with people. And one of the biggest things that impacted me personally, but my family as well, is we had a little girl. Uh, we thought the best time for us to we have our first child was right smack dab in the middle of this chaos and craziness, the circus. And we did. She was born three months early at 27 weeks. 
Wow. She was two pounds, six ounces. So we had quite the challenge. But sure. during it all, I still, I felt a bit of a peace beyond understanding that I can't begin really to explain to anyone. I know that, you know, the Bible talks about that. I really experienced it. Right. I felt God's hand on us. Now, that's not to say that we didn't really feel some stress and challenge during that time, right. but there was also a bit more of an easiness to it. And I feel um, like I was able to build that relationship even deeper. I was drawn closer to the Lord and, and my wife uh, as well. So we, it was the challenge for sure, but there was a gift uh, in it all as well. And so that was the perspective that I used to to write the book and, and share those things because I kept getting this desperation. And today it's it's even more of the same. What do you think is going to happen there? What do you think is going to happen here? And I've got to tell you, I have to stay on top of it at all. And I do. Sure. But at the same time, I find a real um, sense of security and a real sense of hope and even joy a lot of times by building my my house on that rock and i give it's not just my daughter's story in the book but i talk about other great stories um that that you may not have heard the full maybe the the full gist of and i i i try to share what i'm on the air when i do my show i try to share yeah, i try to share stories that people aren't going to hear anywhere else so I want to give folks a little bit of uplifting and some hope. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I give you the good, bad, and the ugly. So you're going to get, it's not all good news. It's not like you stick your head in the sand kind of thing, like an ostrich. I want people to be well-informed. And this is why, Courtney, I believe this is call me crazy extremist, whatever. But I believe that if you have the best information, you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten, we've really gotten away from that in a lot of ways sure. uh, as we're constantly being bombarded with propaganda and and the lies that we've seen over the last couple of years. So we've got to do our best to make sure we're, we're informed. It's a responsibility. Yeah, no, I absolutely would agree with that. Uh, so firstly, my question, so I, I assume that your daughter is doing well now. And she, yeah. said she was born at two pounds, six ounces, and now she's like, well, I would say 26 pounds, but I think she's even past that now. I think she's 30 pounds now. So she's two and a half months old, a little bit older than that. Right. And she's just perfect. We, one of the things that we witnessed in that whole setting was we were in a room in the NICU. Matter of fact, from the day my wife's water broke to the day we brought our little girl home, we spent 77 days there at the hospital, back and forth, back and forth. Wow. And some of the things that we started to see was, you know, focusing on what's good. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a place we don't want to be, but we have a child who is healthy. She's just here a little too early. Meanwhile, there are people right across from us in this big room. It was like a a large room and there are 10 little incubator type beds there right. inside that uh, room, five on each side. And one across from us was another little girl who was born with her intestines outside of her body. And this is something that happens. Uh, it's a very rare thing, but it does happen. It does happen. Um, they have surgeries and things that they can do. They have lots of just miraculous advancements that they've made. But during this time, it's really tough. They had to to put her at ease. A lot of times she's in a lot of pain and there are things that she was going through. I couldn't imagine what the parents were going through, but we watched some of those things unfold. Right. And as we certainly felt um, for the the family and felt for that little girl and pray for them and, and everything that they were going through, we, we were able to also take a little bit of a, a solace in knowing, okay, so, you know, things aren't 
perfect, but they never are. They're not perfect, but certainly we could maybe put our focus on what is good and what is right and where we do know that um, God is on the throne, no matter what our circumstance, that's not where our joy or peace or hope comes from. And I think that really applies to everything in life. You know, there were so many magical, miraculous things I can tell you about that time. Uh, one thing is um, just the timing of how everything sort of unfolded. I don't know the specifics of it all. and mm-hmm. I don't know if, if I did, if I could, could actually share it all. But all we know is that after they could, people constantly ask us, what happened? Do you know? And we, I think, certainly to a certain extent, wanted to know for a long time. It's still kind of do at times. Why did this happen? Why was she born early? Because we say early, but I think it was it was God's timing. I think it was all in his timing. And um, we really don't have that answer. One thing that we do know is that afterwards, my wife's doctor, the OB, said, uh, you know, looking at certain things and there were certain pieces that she was able to put together afterwards. And she said that that, that she believed that our, our little girl was born at the right moment, that she doesn't know what would have happened if she would have gone full term. Mm. And, and so, again, as I mentioned, right. uh, for us, it was early. Right. But God uh, had a plan. And that's the thing that I try to put most of my uh, focus on as we go through and I think we're going to go through continuing in the days ahead. I don't think it's going to ease up anytime soon. All the craziness that we're starting to see right now. Yeah, no, I, I can totally re- relate. I, you know, my fiance always says that too, that it's, it's his plan and his timing is perfect. And and I would say, but no, it, it didn't work on my time. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, I've got a timeline and sometimes very frustrating when things don't go accordingly. So yeah (laughs) i know i know and i feel you know very similar at times and i think that's one of the things that's toughest for us is to you know understand that especially when we want to and everything's on demand now you know we can control so much yeah sure but everything's on demand now and uh you can get whatever you want whenever you want the click of a button snap of a finger you've got it and so we still have to deal with, and I think it makes it even tougher at times to deal with the fact that like things don't always work out the way you want them to. Yeah, no, that that is very true. But yeah, how beautiful. What so? What are your thoughts in terms of where things are going? Um, and yeah, how what what are the the positives? What are what do you think we we do have control over? Yeah, yeah. that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I had some conversations about this the other day, and I have to be completely honest with you. I Things are so out of whack in so many different ways, Courtney. I don't, I mean, I don't see. The upside down clown world, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I don't see the answer in Mm -hmm. the natural. Like if you had to lay it out, okay, how do we get this country back on track? How do we you know, turn things back around. Right. How do we restore justice yeah. to a two-tiered justice system that is anything but fair? I mean, it's it's a, it's a joke. How do we get the corruption rooted out at the very core? How do we root the evil out in the system that that is so pervasive? Yeah. What do we do to get this thing back on track? And I'm telling you, 
I just keep coming back to, I do not see the, the answer in the natural. I don't see the pathway right. without some sort of divine intervention. The only way I see any of this working out is through, um, a, through a direct divine intervention, God coming through maybe at the last minute so that we realize it's him. There is no denying it. We put our, uh, we put a lot and I, I think we all do this, but you know, we put a lot of, um, trust and hope in other people or other things. We put them before God. I mean, even political candidates or maybe, uh, even institutions, I think for a long time in this, in this country, we, this, you know, this institution or this political party or this thing is going to be the thing that saves us or, you know, as long as we have this. And I think we've done that for so long that maybe we've, um, we've lost track of what really matters and, 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 and where our focus should be. Um, so I, but I don't see it now. I'm not saying we don't need to act mm -hmm. and that we shouldn't be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Said something when I asked about this, uh, I, I, I had a chance to ask him about it when I was filling in for Glenn uh, one time on, on his program, but I heard him talk about it. Somebody said, what's the plan? Is there a plan? There's, we're supposed to follow a plan and, and everything's got, and Flynn said, and he got a little more uh, colorful than what I would describe here, but he basically says, there's no plan. Nobody's coming to save you. Right. In essence, what he meant and what he later, when I talked to him, discussed further out and, and pulled it out of it. But what he said was, you know, God has a plan, mm -hmm. but each of us are a part of it. And we're called to move forward with whatever it is that we're special called to do. It could be if you're watching this program, you could think, well, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? It could be just to take Courtney's program to share it with other people, to share the things that you're learning on a daily basis to help sort of wake other people up. Yeah, sure. It could be it could be something as simple as that. It could be that you're supposed to go to school board meetings and you're supposed mm -hmm. to get active and engaged in your own process in your own backyard. I've right. seen that happen where I'm at, and it's really paid off a, a, a miracle story. Uh, there is a county commission here. It's Ottawa County where I'm at in West Michigan. And it's a group of people that got together and overthrew their county commission. It happened wow. during COVID. Yeah. Um, they were watching all the things that were being allowed to take place. And the county commissioners there at the time, the incumbents right. were saying, there's nothing we can do about this. They're just, we can't, our, our hands are tied. These were all quote unquote conservatives. These were all people who were on the right. And, um, one day, the local county health department decided they were going to shut down a private school, a private school, a Christian school that was not enforcing mask mandates on kids. Their policy, oh, I know it's going to sound extreme and wild and crazy, but their policy was, hey, parents, if you want your child to wear a mask, they can wear one. If you don't, they don't have to. We're going to let <laughs> you decide. We're going to let the parents be parents, right? And... um and I know that's nuts. I know that's just that's downright. That's the domestic terror. I know it's wild, isn't it? Yeah. So the 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 county health department came to shut them down in the middle of a lawsuit. There was a lawsuit going on, and they came to do this in the middle of it all. Well, that sparked the parents that were involved in that school and many others in that county to stand up and say, "We're going to form a group," and they did. That went out and searched for people to run 
and and funded those groups. It was a group called Ottawa Impact. Ottawa Impact went on to run a number of different candidates, and they swept the incumbents right out of office in the first primary. Then went on to win the uh, the the general, and that that county board now of commissioners has done a couple of things mm-hmm. just since they've gotten in. Uh, amongst them was fire the county uh, the county executive. They're in the process of getting rid of the county health department director right now. Uh, they are uh, they've they've made a proclamation that they are a constitutional county, and that mm-hmm. they will uh, uh, uphold and 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 abide by the constitution. So these these are all things that are happening. They've really begun to make some just fantastic progress. But this is what it looks like. Who knows what your role is to play? Maybe you're supposed to run for something. Maybe you're supposed to go out, and knock on doors, and uh, and help folks campaign. It's it, it really all boils down to each one of us has a role to play. You want to ask God what that is, spend some time praying on it, and think about it. But chances are you probably know. Chances are you have a prime, you probably have a pretty good idea about what it is that you're supposed to do. It's probably the one thing that you don't want to do. <laughs> it's a, I find that for myself a lot. It's like I I really don't want to do this. Uh, God, do I really need to? Okay, okay, I will. And um, listen for that and then do what he says. Act, move, walk out in faith. Don't have, you don't have to know every step that you're going to take, right? You don't have to know the full path. Right. We just take that next step. And that's where I'm at right now when it comes to what's going to happen in this country. I don't know, but I'm trusting in in him. That's my rock. That's my foundation. I'm going to take the next step. I'm just going to do what it is that I'm that's put in front of me today, and I'm going to trust that he's going to take care of everything else in the in the long run. I will tell you, I think without without that, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't see it. Um, I don't see it coming together any other way. But that's just me, right? Right. Well, what are the things? I mean, I love the examples that you gave, especially because those are very local oriented action. Uh, that people can do. And, you know, I think a lot of people are realizing there isn't necessarily not that we shouldn't, uh, you know, stand for it, but it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of integrity in our uh, federal politics. But uh, locally, I think there is any place to effectuate some sort of change. That's where the power really lies. I I think all politics are local anyway. But, and you know, it's ironic because I think that uh, people think it's, you know, especially on the right, I think people are always arguing that it should we we should have smaller, you know, centralized, less more decentralized government. Right. Um, but what do they really do in their action? They get mobilized every four years, which is the federal government. Right. It's the presidential election, um, whereas the left, I think, really does the opposite. It's uh, they claim that they want this uh, bigger uh, you know, centralized apparatus, but really what they do is they infiltrate from the ground up and we see how effective that is. So I, I think maybe we should take a cue from some of those uh, tactical measures that they use and uh, use it to not necessarily to play the left right game, because I think that's part of the the game as well to conquer, to divide and conquer. <laughs> uh, but I do think, you know, to advocate locally because uh, different Different locations have different needs and there are different measures that are going to be needed in depending on where you live and your local community. So only only you know what that is. So to take action there, I think, is really where power can be had. So 
It really is powerful. And I will tell you that you're right. Local is where it's at. We have seen here in our own backyard right now, there's another fight that's that's going on, but it's just so encouraging to watch people stand up mm-hmm. and fight back. We are seeing right now um, in Macosta County, which is about an hour north of where I'm at. Okay. And, um, there is a area there, it's rural and lots of farmland, but there's an area there where a company named Goshen wants to uh, build a battery plant. Now, Goshen just happens to be a an American company, which is a subsidiary of a Chinese Communist Party linked company by the similar name, Goshen High Tech. And on their articles of uh, incorporation on their website, they actually mention the Chinese Communist Party and things that they're going to abide by, such and such. This has gotten out. And at first, the folks in this area are very excited to have all these jobs coming to the area. They're going to build these batteries for electric right. vehicles. And it's going to be, it's just going to be a boon for everybody. So, this information starts to come out and then the residents really start to get i mean they get concerned because the chinese don't have a great track record when it comes to oh safety and environmental uh, issues you know i know it's some surprise for a lot of folks but they're not really concerned about all of that plus you know just a few uh well, a few weeks months ago maybe we had this chinese spy balloon that flew overhead and they're spying on us they're talking about being spy base down in Cuba, and of course they may invade Taiwan, and we're captured. We are completely corrupted by this this system, and it turns out that all the way down to the township level that that's happening right now, there's a group of concerned citizens that's gotten together to fight back. Here was what the plan was. Michigan state government and our governor, the same one who made those just fantastic decisions about what we could all do during covid she somehow gets reelected and finds herself back in office to where she can oversee this deal happening. 500 acres of pure Michigan farmland. They're going to pay with Michigan taxpayer dollars to buy from those people that currently hold it and then give that land to this Chinese Communist Party linked company, Goshen, right in the middle of the country. I mean, national security issue big deal it's also very close to uh the muskegon river watershed which directly pours right into lake michigan you're talking about all this drinking water all the clean water all the issues of natural resources and of course there are folks on the right very concerned about national security but there are folks on the left that are concerned about the environmental issues and there are folks on both sides that say wait a minute you're spending we're taking our taxpayer dollars to do this so residents are standing up and they are speaking out and they have made their voices heard loud and clear and i have never seen anything like this before it is another example of where god's using people i think with certain gifts and certain uh enabled to to uh to to move the 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 ball forward they're fighting back and i i i'm i'm very optimistic that they're going to put a stop to this whole thing um right the heat is on uh they're trying to move the thing forward mm-hmm. but there's enough of an outcry right now uh, there's a couple of cases where they have been able to stop these uh, in i think it was north dakota they were able to stop uh the chinese buying uh 
some sort of factory. I think it was dog food or something like that. And uh, it was too close to a military base. A military had to get involved. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. There's an, yeah, there's another situation in uh, Texas, a battery plant down there, very similar to what we're dealing with here. Yeah, they own a lot of farmland in Texas. Yeah, though they're buying up more and more. And this is a major concern. I think it should be for a lot of us. Are they? Oh, why, why would we allow them to buy that much farmland? It's not just a private company. You have to understand that any company that is a Chinese company is Chinese Communist Party linked. It's essentially the, the Chinese Communist Party that owns it all and controls it all. So it's the country of China then owning and controlling controlling American land. Yeah. So this, Why would we allow that? This is very interesting. I, I had a conversation recently, uh, uh, another podcast, and uh, they were saying that China has really not uh, tried to create empire, essentially, you know, imperialistic efforts. Um, and uh, I, I thought it was a very interesting thesis, interesting premise. Um, but when you start to look at how much land they bought here, um, you know, I don't think that they're trying to engage in any kind of uh, kinetic warfare here. It's just my my thoughts. I, I could be wrong, but I don't see that really. I know some people are concerned about that, but I, I don't think they would if they don't need to. And uh, it, it seems more like they're just trying to buy up land and infiltrate from within. And uh, I, I think that is a huge concern. You know, I talked about pretty recently, I... I hadn't mentioned it much until pretty recently, but when I was in Hollywood and I was producing films, I, I remember that, you know, you have to, films are very expensive to make. You know, now I know they can be cheaper because everybody's got, you know, an iPhone and they can <laughs> kind of shoot, you know, on, on that. But uh, they're they're definitely expensive and they certainly were even 10 years ago. They were much more expensive. Sure. So mm-hmm. you, you go and raise money because I don't have billions of dollars to spend on that kind of thing. So... Um, I would go and source funds and a lot of the places where I was sourcing funds, even if it didn't look at the, you know, on the face of it, it didn't look like it would be a Chinese company. Many of the people who were investing in films were at least backed by Chinese entities, which was essentially uh, the CCP. And I would hear things about this, but I was shocked when I was actually faced with these documents. And in the document, it would say that in order to receive these funds, you had to comply with, uh, you know, anti-American messaging embedded in the film. Anything yeah. that was pro-American was not allowed. Pro-American messaging was not allowed to be uh, embedded in in the films and the storylines. And it, it was really just shocking to me. So when you think about imperialization, you know, I, I think they're kind of masters of you looking history at Mao, Maoist uh, you know, the the Red Guard. You look at the, essentially, the color revolutions that they've done. They've been very successful at that. And uh, while that may have been relegated in history to China, I don't see why they wouldn't now try and uh, take those tactics and use it for imperialistic efforts. I could be wrong, but I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I there was a great, I interviewed somebody um her name's Ava Chen. I don't know if you've talked to her before. Yeah, you know. I have. Yeah. So fascinating. And she yeah. lays this whole plan out, um, what they want to do. And it, it's just brilliant. It really is. <laughs> Evil genius. But yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. And it is um, without firing a single shot. Right. 
the, the plan to take over America. Most people don't understand. They don't, we don't even think, we don't even think in terms like this. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's part of uh, why we're so vulnerable as a country yeah. is we look at everyone else in the world as being like us. So right. thinking like us. And unfortunately, many of us have never left the country. We've never been outside. So we don't even know. I think this is one of the bigger problems. We don't know how good we've got it here. We, we don't understand how. We, we have no clue what it's like in the rest of the world to have real serious issues and real serious problems. I think that's part of the reason why the left has been so um, good at creating and taking advantage of this is because they're constantly creating new things for us to be offended about or have, be at, have, have an issue. This is a major issue. No, people are dying. Right, right. And, uh, and there are major problems in all these other countries. I mean, these are real problems. And yet here we are worried about it, it, this very similar. I talked about this the other day, but I'm not saying the culture war doesn't matter because I do think that it yep. does play and we're, we're seeing a lot of issues. And I think we're actually, we're winning in a lot of ways, but, um, I think there are a lot of, there is a lot more going on behind the scenes that we, you know, maybe should talk about, be concerned with other than who's on the can of a cover of beer. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but we tend to get, and it's both sides, we tend to really get wrapped up in all of this. And I think that's by design. Yeah. Yes, it is. They want us uh, fighting each other. So I have two two questions for you from that. Um, Thirdly, I want to address what you're talking about, the culture war, like who's on the cover of a can of beer, because I think what we need to be looking at is what's going on behind that with the CEI and the ESG. It's a a global uh, agenda there. Uh, But yes, they distract us with the culture war. So I want to talk about that. But before I forget, I also want to ask you, um, because when you were talking about like Ava Chen laying out this whole plan by the CCP, which I think is something very real that needs to be contended with and people need to pay attention. But I think it's one piece of uh, the the plan. And I Mm -hmm. think that, again, this is where they try to create these warring factions. But because people don't have the full picture they easily get trapped into, you know, these uh, dialectical narratives. And uh, I, I think, I don't know how familiar you are with like Qu- Quigley's work or the Milner Fabian. Cons- yeah. So that's the other piece of the the pie. Right. And I think that I and I tried to ask Ava about it, but she was very kind of focused in her lane, you know, uh, sure. which is fine. But I think it is an integral piece of the the plan and the strategy and I, I do think they, they fit together. I'm not sure exactly what all of the, uh, you know, the mechanisms are or the, you know, I, and I, of course, you know, best laid plans of mice and men. There, There's always the possibility that hopefully they will be derailed. But when you look back at like Rosinski or Kissinger and they talk about creating these uh, warring factions between the East and the West and that how they will essentially create these, uh, this dialogue electrical uh competition that will lead to negation and i i think the plan is to have the the quote-unquote solution be the technocratic takeover um and i think the technocracy is really so it's not about you know whether the east is in charge or the west uh you know and essentially by east and west they just mean whether it's going to be the communistic socialist or uh the really the fascist i i think they think it's the capitalistic but that that's not really we're in this public private partnership that they're trying to build into the global apparatus infrastructure uh, under the illusion that we have these, you know, capitalistic uh, free market uh, systems. 
And I, so I'm just curious what you think about that piece of the pie and how that ties in. Um, because I think for, from my perspective, it looks like it's almost, it's a combination of, I think that at one point they were working together. I mean, when you look back in history and certainly I don't think China would have the power that it has without the Anglo-American establishment empowering them. And, but so I think they thought that they were going to play ball with them. And now it does seem like they're kind of like, hey, I think we have a lot more power than you underestimated us, and uh, maybe we should take matters into our own hands. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I've been saying it like this lately, uh, and I want people to hear it left and right because I've been watching it with this battle with this battery plant. Yeah, people are coming together that mm-hmm. traditionally aren't normally agreeing with each other but i think people do agree with each other a lot more than what we know about hear about and And what we've um, been led to believe yeah they they want to make it like we're so diametrically opposed when really we're humans and most of our core issues are very similar (laughs) yeah i would i would agree so i tell people your neighbor is not your enemy and I, I, I mean that, too, when I look at something like the, this conflict with Russia and Ukraine and the proxy war and the things that are happening there, is I say to people, like, you know, I'm, I'm watching this take place. And I got to tell you, it's, 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 uh, I watch it and I, I say there are, very, there are lots of very good people, Ukrainians, Russians, caught up in this. And I said, these are the people that are hurting. You know, it's the people of these countries. It's not the leadership. It is not the elite in those countries. Um, and, the, and the same with, with China. The, the people in China, um, many of them, I mean, you're talking about slavery is still a very real thing. There's organ harvesting. There's all these. It's really, and I think more and more people are starting to see that. We see this sort of populist explosion on both sides, left and right, so to speak. But we're seeing that understanding in the, the awakening that people are starting to see, wait a minute, there are people that are holding us down and holding us back and they don't want the best for us. Right. And they're starting to see it in, in some ways, but they're not, I don't know that we can really, cause I mean, you really have to zoom out. And as much as I understand or think I understand or have a picture, who knows how much of it I really see, you know? Sure. Um, but I know, and I'll bring it back to my faith again. This is what I know. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So all of these things are happening right here. Realities. Yeah. In the now. But I think that we are involved in a spiritual fight. Mm-hmm. And it is, it does show up here in the now. And yes, we get these, you know, this, as you mentioned, there's a globalist, uh, some said well, you, there's a globalist force here that's at work. And of course they, they prop China up to, 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 fulfill what they wanted to fulfill their mission and really to collapse us. I mean, it's, it's equity at work. That's, that's the definition. You bring these guys up, bring these down. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to share the pain with everybody and all that. So that's, what's happening is they're trying to dismantle managed decline of the United States. Cause it really does. I mean, freedom, this whole idea that people are free and that they get to have a say so in anything. Well, that's just a, that's kind of an outdated concept. That was Let's get rid of that. Let's bring China in. And of course, we love their model. And mm-hmm. I do believe, as you said, I do believe there are people behind the scenes that think that they can like tame that beast and figure that out. But yes, I believe China also 
Mm-hmm. Those folks, they believe, well, we're going to just sort of, we're going to do, we're going to go along with them and, and, and play this out. But who knows what happens when you, when you let this Frankenstein monster out and what exactly happens. I don't know, as I mentioned, I don't know how much of it I see, uh, but I, I, I am seeing more and more of it. I think every day we're seeing a little bit more revealed here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's all very fascinating. And I think the biggest piece that I would say when I try to share, talk about these things with people is just realize that it's like, it's not Republicans versus Democrats because a, a lot of them are lining up on the same things anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's not left versus right. And it's not, there's something bigger happening. Yeah. And yeah. we're being pulled around by the nose a lot of times. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I, I, I do want to address the, when you're talking about the culture wars and like, you know, the Bud Light uh, uh, fiasco, essentially, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. But so what are your thoughts there? Because I think that the thing people, the, the line I keep hearing is people keep saying, don't they understand that they're going to lose their customer base? Um you know, and I'm like, it's not about the customers. That's they don't care about that. It's part of this bigger, you know, ESG. Um, I think the CEI is really a huge component. You know, the corporate equity index, which is led by the uh, what is it, the Human Relations uh, Foundation, which is essentially like a pro-trans type of organization. Um, and I think that it's really part of the Great Reset. And ultimately, they think they're going to have be one of like two options. And so it doesn't really matter what the customers do. What are your thoughts on all of that? But I think they're really good at distracting us with this narrative, right? That's where people are arguing back and forth. And I'll just add one more thing to that. You know, while I absolutely believe that people should stand, you know, for their convictions and they should absolutely, you know, lead by example, inform people, uh, you know, about things that, uh, in which they're passionate. Uh, but I think that they do set up these traps, these pol- the polarized, uh, you know, camps for people to fight on team this, team that. And I, I noticed it with just like I did an event recently. It was called the Cause Fest, and it was a creative artist uniting for the sovereignty of everyone. And, you know, well, certainly uh, we had almost, I think, 50 acts between the speakers and musicians. And I'm an area like rad performer. I did that. There was comedy. Uh, so it was really about the arts, personal sovereignty and, uh, you know, supporting and empowering uh, and giving a platform to independent creative artists. Uh, but I think a lot of people, you know, were like, is this a political event? It's a religious event. And of course, those undertones are there. You can't extricate one's belief systems from, <laughs> you know, who they are and uh, what they do and and what they speak about. Uh, but really, it was about uniting people under this umbrella of personal sovereignty and independent creative arts. And uh, so, of course, we were right across the street from the Pride Festival. <laughs> and uh, that was a big you know, topic. And a lot of people actually left to go and pray, to go and, uh, you know, essentially stand against this festival that was occurring. And, uh, you know, that's fine. People can do what they can do. But I, I just found it very fascinating because I was like, here I am trying to show that we're actually for something, not just against something. And I think that's the trap they lay out for us is that, here, here's the thing, go fight against it, you know, like, and they want to watch people constantly fighting and playing defense, whereas we stand for a lot of things. And, you know, when I say we, I mean, it's this big umbrella. There were people 
of lots of different opinions there. You know, not everybody was aligned exactly. You know, it wasn't like just a MAGA camp. You know, there there were people on very, uh, you know, varying perspectives and religious beliefs as well. We did have a, a I, I wouldn't call it like a religious service, but you know, certainly Sunday morning, I gave the opportunity for people who were, uh, you know, to give their more religious music and religious speeches. We had Donna and Clement. Uh, but it really was a big umbrella because I believe in freedom of consciousness, right? You have free will. So even if you're really passionate about your beliefs, you should stand for those and you should share them and absolutely, you know, inform, enlighten, hopefully, uh, you know, by your example, maybe you will uh, shed light on people and people will, uh, you know, bend to that, but not to force your will, right? That's the whole point of free will. So, yeah. so I wanted all, all this just to say, though, that I found it very interesting because it really did... Uh, cement that what I've seen with people falling into the defense, you know, and, and that creates more uh, more of the divide and conquer, essentially, because they're not really just advocating for what they're for. They're constantly playing defense and fighting. So, yeah. I, you know, that's such a good point. The uh, what are you for question is is uh, is great. I love that. I do think we have to put up boundaries, you know. Uh, so for for the for example with the the culture stuff, yeah, I'm not a big beer drinker. Uh, so this Bud Light and what they put on the can didn't really affect me because I'm not drinking Bud Light anyway. I can't really do that. But what I can do uh, is when I look at Target and everything that's going on in Target, we spend way too much money there. Um, but this final, this last thing was the straw that broke the camel's back with everything that they were pushing sure. and we don't no normally go into that store everything that we would get we would get kind of um uh like pick up you would pick it up and they'll bring it out to the car kind of thing so it wasn't a big deal not, not going into the store but i just said we're not giving them any more money mm -hmm. and i'm not necessarily trying to cripple a target i don't know that that's there are impacts that are happening i'm not necessarily trying that but what i am trying to say in a positive way is i want to support people who are for the things that i'm for yes yeah so that's that's what I, you know and if i can get the boycott off, versus boycott i right. think boycotts are way more effective actually yeah. you know i'm not saying that people shouldn't boycott if they if they, they feel sure you know that resonates with them great but i think boycotting is actually a lot more effective Support the the people who are doing standing for the things that you believe. So they took a hit to your point of, hey, where's all this coming from and what is the effect? And right. is there just some sort of um, fake paradigm set up here? Um, Bud Light is no longer the number one beer in America. It's Modelo now. Are you f are you familiar with Modelo? No, not I I mean, I've heard of it, but yeah, it's interesting. My family is actually in the beer distribution business, but uh, okay. I'm not a beer drinker, so I, I only know the names. <laughs> but so they're, they're like a Mexican type of beer. Right. Yeah. Th they're owned by the same company. Is uh, Right. Is There's really company. only like three or four parent companies. It's like Miller, Guinness, Heineken, and then uh, essentially Bush, Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. But that's really it. And then there's so like that, hundreds of subsidiaries. Yeah. So so that's what this AB InBev owns all these different brands. And so now we said, we're not going to drink Budweiser anymore. We're going to drink Mexican beer. I don't know. I guess that's maybe the closest. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. But what I, what I can tell you is that to your point on the ESG issues and how these companies are kind of being forced to do some of these things, 
Yeah. I don't think they'll understand that what's really happening behind the scenes. It's not like they're saying, yeah, we're going to go out there and we're going to wave this flag and we're going to do this. It's, hey, you do this or you don't. You cannot continue to do business. You will not. Your loans are going to dry up. And all these things are happening behind the scenes. And all that sh- should get shut down at the, we, we need to shut that down at the, at the highest level we can and say, look, uh, this, this ESG, we got to wipe that well, off. I would say we should start that. We should start shutting down at the local level because I don't know how much power we have going higher up, but if we start like, you know, in the counties, we, you know, build up to the state, then we can set a precedent, you know, to ban this ESG nonsense, which is really, I, I personally think, and I, I'm curious your thoughts, but I personally think that they're just laying this platform you know, they're laying the groundwork in order to tie it to the CBDCs and build a social credit score oh, yeah. and essentially make China as the model, as you said. Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. However you fight it, I, I do believe that we do need to understand what that is and and take us to one of the things you could do is, is you know, start to take a look at if you have retirement, wh- where some of those funds are, if they're in like a BlackRock or a Vanguard or State Street, the people that are leading the charge at the ESG, yeah. maybe. Maybe you you decide to, to go somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. You're going to have to make those decisions. Got to get educated yeah. on it and figure that out. But that's all happening behind the scenes. One of the things that somebody brought up, and I thought really interesting um, theory on this, is that the part of this is being done in a way to intentionally destroy some of the bigger American brands because if they can come in and wipe those things out, the traditions and brands, and they're doing it at every level. Right. Uh, then, then that's a that's a, w- a way to have another impact um, because Budweiser was all about all the commercials, you know, it's America and the Clydesdales and all that. And you you saw every Super Bowl they're running all that stuff. Sure. Um, what if they can get rid of that? Well, then they 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 make a pretty big impact in doing those things. So I don't know that they're ever going to get rid of Budweiser altogether, or if they just remake it in a different. I don't know. Maybe that's the plan. I'm not saying that the culture war stuff isn't important. Um, mm-hmm. I do believe that it, you know, that it does have it, especially when you're talking about defending children and, and uh, th- this yeah. is a, this is a very important thing. Sure. Uh, but we are constantly, we got to be careful about what we're distracted by because that's it. It's constant distract, divide and conquer. That's where we're at. No, I totally agree. Yeah. And I would agree. It's not that the culture war isn't important. I think that's actually how the, you know, execute a lot of their plans is through the propaganda and the conditioning that occurs in the culture war. Uh, but I think that people need to look deeper. What is driving that culture war? You know, and it like in this example, it, it does appear that their agenda for the ESG and the, you know, central bank digital currency, more of those things seem to be driving this culture war that they're, but people are distracted at the surface as opposed to going deeper and looking at what's happening there. And that that's not to say, again, that the what they're doing with the culture isn't important because absolutely what they're doing to children, I, I personally think is just evil. It's really, yeah. So yeah. what are your thoughts? You had uh, brought up things like BlackRock and if you, you know, maybe taking money out of things that like your retirement plan that's invested. I know that's a really hard decision for a lot of people. Um, but I, I think it's Strive. Is it a or Swami, I never pronounce his name right, so forgive me, but uh, I think he's working on this sort of like a parallel system in that regard. Yeah, are you familiar with it? What are your thoughts on it, if you are? Yeah, I'm a little bit familiar with uh, with with that. I'm not 
completely up to speed, but I like the idea um, yeah. because what we're talking about is we're getting back to you know, merit-based, this meritocracy right. uh, idea instead of did they click all the boxes and are they woke enough? And mm-hmm. um, I really think that these, these a lot of them are, are violating, I, I think, their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. Uh, so there, there may even be some work in states with attorneys general who can go after some of these uh, big companies. The problem is, as you mentioned, taking a look at your your portfolio and where you are with your retirement, is that these guys own everything. Everything. That's yeah, James O'Keefe just did a video. I haven't seen it yeah. yet, but right? It's really good, and it, it lays it all out. And the guy that he, I don't know how he, every time they get, it's usually a guy who, has either fallen for another guy in some cases or another girl. And he's just like, they're drunk and they're at a restaurant and he's just spilling the beans. Yeah. And this person is just always asked, oh, that's so interesting. How does that work? And oh, really? What is that? And it's all, they get the hidden camera footage and it's all caught on TV. Just tell them, here's our evil plan to dominate the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell you everything. Um. But this guy did. He went in and he's like, well, we we uh, we love war. The war in Ukraine is very, very profitable for us. Totally. And he said, we yeah, make yeah. money. Uh, Ukraine, big wheat uh, producer, we make money because of the volatility there with the wheat. We make money uh, in the market as things go up and down. Um, then he said, you know, we make money. And by the way, I think they sell, they're going to make more money being... Um, that goes part of the rebuilding with Ukraine. J.P. Morgan Chase and BlackRock are, are going to put a bank together to help with that. And uh, today, I also said we accidentally, the Pentagon accidentally sent another six billion dollars somehow. Just another six accidentally. And so that's more. I accidentally money. send six billion dollars everywhere. I mean, ten percent for the big guy. So, Courtney, what's up my question? How come none of that money ever ends up in my bank account? I right. would just accidentally. Seriously. I don't want one of those accidents to end up in my account. Somebody yeah. could accidentally add a few zeros in there and I'd be happy. I mean, but nothing like that ever happens. Uh, but that that's all part of it. But he he talked about how good war is for their business. Um, so again, I go back to it's Russia and Ukraine, and certainly Putin is not like, you know, this, he's not a saint, but neither is Zelensky. And the people that are hurting and, and dying are, are, are the people of Ukraine and Russia. These are the people. It's all it, it, and it's all at the uh, really at the at the hands of these guys being a bit, make a few bucks. That's what it's all about. Right. Right. What do you think about what's going on with uh, the Trump indictments? And yeah. And then, of course, we have it's, I guess, almost a year, a little over a year away, uh, the next election. But now we've got RFK coming in and we've got uh, Shiva. What are your thoughts on all of that? I like a lot of the things um, that he has to say, RFK, particularly when it comes to COVID. I don't agree with him on everything, but I'm not going to agree with everybody. I think his voice needs to be heard. He needs to have a platform and Biden ought to debate him as high as he's polling. I think more and more people are going to hear his voice and think that's common sense there. Uh, I think the more people hear him, the more popular he's going to get. And that is, of course, why they will not 
allow him to uh, to debate. There's not going to be. They're going to try and stifle that as much as they can because he really represents a populist and a real populist movement. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to come up with some sort of scandal to uh, to to tie him up with uh, if if they cannot keep him mm-hmm. off the radar. Right. Um, he. I mean, he's. He's smart enough to kind of understand how to work through some of those things, but I think there are other people waiting in the background. Um, I've been talking about my governor quite a bit, but Vanity Fair just ran a piece on her the other day. On who? Uh, my governor, Gretchen Whitmer, who okay. said, yeah. it's time we talk about her and whether she would make a good, uh, she'd make a good run at the White House. Yeah. They're starting to float the test balloons. The, 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 yeah. This idea that Biden's damaged goods, we've got to move him out of the way. It's time to start. And that's why you're seeing Gavin Newsom on this big press tour. I mean, he did a big, big interview with Hannity. Why is gruesome Newsom doing a big interview with Hannity? Unless it's not about trying to put those folks out there in the public. And I've even heard names like Michelle Obama. So thrown around. Sure. Uh, They just need a face. They just need. And and it's not Biden. And it's really not. Uh. Kamala Harris either because she's the only one who's less popular than right. Biden. It's just it's <laughs> not going to happen. So if I had to put my tinfoil hat on, of which I do, I do have one. But if I had to put that <laughs> on, uh, and, and I sell them at my uh, store actually, it's tinfoil. It actually says tinfoil. I'll send you one. I don't have it. If I had to put it on, yeah. Um, I I, uh, I would say that essentially what I think might happen. Is the scandal gets so much, it's too hot. All of this with the bribery, and now we're because we're told the senators have the tapes of the seventeen phone calls. That's interesting. There's seventeen of them. Seventeen phone calls, fifteen with uh, Hunter, and then two with Joe himself, back and forth with this executive from Burisma, and he kept them as the insurance policy. So if those if those phone calls are actually out there, if they do exist, this could get interesting. And he might he might the it could get so hot that Kamala says, "You know what? I just can't. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. I've got to step out. This is too much. I didn't sign up for this." And quite frankly, and then I think what would happen behind the scenes is somebody would provide her with a very cushy position somewhere else, very high paying position someplace else, the chairman of a board of something, this, that, or the other thing, and it pays a lot of money. Hmm. But she, she goes away and quietly. Mm-hmm. And then they, they got to look for a new vice president. We've got to find a new one. Who could that be? Well, I don't know. You know, Gavin Newsom looks like a great uh, candidate, but what about Gretchen Whitmer? And so then that person now becomes uh, the vice president. And uh, Biden then, unfortunately, has some sort of health issue down the road mm-hmm. and decides he has to resign. And all of the scandal goes away and he's too old and frail. We can't really charge him with anything anyway. And the guy's gone away. Let's let him f- sort of right off into the sunset. That vice president who was just appointed becomes president, I think. It's possible that all this could happen before 24, before the actual election. And then that person runs as the incumbent. And now what you have is you have a set, and I, I don't, I hope folks don't hear this the wrong way, but you have someone who is fresh and clean and new 
that will be presented as an op- this is something different and also an incumbent who will run against probably Trump because I I don't see there is is there anyone else that would be able to take him out maybe there would be maybe there would be a primary with uh, Newsom but the Democrat Party controls that or Newsom and, and RFK but they control that so closely mm-hmm. that I would I would say that probably that doesn't happen. But the, the number one se- like sentiment among people right now is they want something different. And this is left and right. They want something different. And there are people that are begging for the chaos to stop. Just stop. Let's just get, and this is kind of 2020 sentiment too, but just stop it. I just, I'll do any, I'll vote for anything. I'll do what, what but I'll stop it. Mm-hmm. Just, and and um, Biden and Trump both kind of have that damaged sort of polling outlook in some ways that's if you believe the polls but that's yeah, right. that's 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 the way that lays out right. uh i don't think that's right um quite frankly i judge a man by the fruit and i mean everything that he was able to accomplish i can't believe if we could go back to 20 let's call it 2019 pre-covid i mean everything's flying high it's a different world it's a completely different world how far we've come in that little bit of time. Yeah. I know it's crazy. Like I said, you had to put so your tinfoil hat on for that, but we've actually seen that before though, uh, with Nixon, right? When, yeah. when everything went south with, with Nixon. So this is sure. not, it's not out of the ordinary. No, no, no. I, I, it's entirely possible. I, I start, well, I think anything's possible these days, but, uh, but I'm curious what you think about, cause you said it would be against, uh, Trump and, do you think they're going to try and take him out with the indictments? What do you think is going to happen there? I think they're going to try. Yeah. But uh, the, this latest one, I think they'll, they'll probably eventually have to pull out of January 6th. They're probably just saving this for some of the timing. But this latest uh, indictment, I don't think that what I saw that would even be tried until 2025. Mm-hmm. So if got some time, it would be after. And there's some people that say, hey, if he's, even if he is convicted and goes to prison, he could still be the president. There's nothing in the Constitution that doesn't say he could. That he can't run it from jail. <laughs> yeah. So so I don't know. Uh, I don't see him giving up. I just don't. I think this is a much bigger situation for him. And um, mm-hmm. I just don't see him backing down anytime soon. Now people will say with well, his ego and yada, yada, yada. But I don't see, I, I understand that. Uh, mm-hmm. Confidence is what I think they're mistaking that for but i also just do not see him going away there's too much at stake what do you think about i've heard no i don't see him going away either but what do you think about i know roger stone has mentioned uh the possibility of a trump kennedy ticket and i know that uh rfk has said that that would be like blasphemy in his family and he would never do it but Mm -hmm. there is an element where Personally, I think it does kind of make sense because you have, as you pointed out, they're both kind of in that populist movement arena, right? But you have a lot of people who may have loved Trump but are very upset with with Operation Warp Speed. And, of course, he's still pushing that, taking the credit for that. And there are a lot of people who are not so thrilled. Uh, And those people, I could see really getting behind RFK but might not necessarily want to be uh, you know, under the Democrat uh, umbrella. So but it, it does seem like merging the two might be uh, strategically beneficial. What are your thoughts there? I, uh, I'm up for anything. 
<laughs> I really, I, I don't see it happening personally, but um, again, we're in this time that, as you just mentioned, anything's possible. I just don't see it. I don't think it's likely. Right. Um, but again, I can't rule that out, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can definitely see where it, it would make sense for the, the voters. And from that perspective, I could really see it. I, I don't know if the powers that be will allow it to happen, but, or if RFK even would allow it to happen. But I think he seems really uh, determined to be in this, uh, in the fight for, you know, lack of a better word. So I think if there's, if that's the only way for him to do it, I'm not so sure that he'll, you know, at the end that he wouldn't jump on board. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we, we are in this uncharted territory where anything is possible. That's, yeah. That's so, what are your thoughts about if there even is really an election? Because I know there are a lot of people saying that, you know, <laughs> there's a, well, I mean, I don't really think that it's just the 2020 that was uh, corrupt. <laughs> I, I think it goes way, it predates that by a long shot. So, uh, but I know a lot of people, that was so overt for a lot of people that mm-hmm. it poses yeah. a great uh, question mark for, yeah. you know, why are we even discussing this if we have no election integrity? Well, Trump said in the town hall at CNN mm-hmm. when he was asked, uh, did you, do you think the election was stolen? He said, I think it was rigged. He said rigged. And I thought, yeah, that's such perfect messaging because it was rigged. And we don't have to look much further past the Twitter withholding the story on Hunter Biden and the laptop. That's a major story. It's not not just about Hunter Biden, the son, but it's also about the involvement of the man who's running to be commander. She's running to be president. I mean, stuff on the, the... Biden uh, crime family seems to just unfold constantly. It's like never ending. And we're learning more and more every day, as you mentioned. But yeah, that's a big story. Then the 50 intelligence, uh, 50 some on intelligence officials who work together to say, oh, there's nothing to see here. This is just Russian collusion, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and they're trying to. Uh, but, you know, we we don't really I don't know if you saw in, in Detroit. Uh, the pizza boxes that were put up on the windows at the TCF Center in 2020, nothing to see here, folks. There's nothing to see here. So I don't know, was it stolen? How was it? Was it the machines? Was it the 2,000 mules or was it? I don't know. I Was it all of the above? It could be. I've seen and heard all of it. But, you know, it was it was, it was was certainly rigged in the, in the aspect that people weren't allowed to know the truth and hear the truth. And so that, to me, says enough. That's enough for me. The American people were not told the truth. Uh, and there's a number of reasons for that. And I, I, I think that's enough to say that's an issue. Now, again, let's talk 24. What happens at 20? Will there be an election? Was there an election? You know, what will 24 look like? Again, somebody asked me this just the other day. And I said, again, I have no idea. But here's what I can tell you. It goes back to what I said in the beginning. God is on the throne. He is still on that throne. And so I don't know what we're going to face, but if I keep my eye on him, I know, I know that I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts about some of the uh, things they're going to do in order to, because they're already doing, you know, things like attacking the food supply, like 
they keep talking about the next, you know, pandemic. Um, I, I use the term pandemic because they keep mm-hmm. saying there's going to be a next one. So, um, so, so clearly they've got plans. But uh, yeah. So, what are your thoughts about what whatever their you know next attack might be? I get prepared um, in a number of different ways. Make sure you're eating real food, you know, staying as healthy as you can. I, you know, that's something that we work with with our family. Make sure you're prepared in, um, in, in ways that, uh, you have enough food on and for whatever that looks like. You buy a little bit more from the grocery store, you're canning, you know, you, you plant a garden or, or maybe you, uh, you know, you're going to go and, um, and get some storable food, things like that. These are all, I think, smart things and, and, things that our grandparents did like this this yeah. was an everyday thing they did this stuff sure. you know may want to have a little cash or a little gold silver maybe a little lead on hand these are things that that i think are just wise they're prudent for us to do and consider now i uh, before 2020 i don't know that i would have been considering a lot of this but i saw the store shelves when they were empty you know, I was working throughout it all. And so I was constantly coming into work and everything it was like a ghost town. I'm right now where I'm at, I'm like on the 10th floor of a, of a building downtown where I'm at. And if I could show you, take the camera and just pan around, I, I can see buildings everywhere right. and there was nobody here. And so I, but I was coming to work and I was going to the grocery store and I, the scariest things I saw was like the, the shelves being empty. It wasn't just the toilet paper. There was all kinds of things gone. And I remember it just clicking. It's like, oh, this is uh, this is the illusion. It's it's never been real. Like somehow that stuff has to get on the shelf. Like somehow it makes it to the store and then it gets on the shelf and it's produced somewhere. And when all that kind of stops and your supply chain issue, whether that's intentional or what, but that happens. Right. That's not good. And then the the other thing that I saw is people in the mask mostly, their eyes, like the fear in the people's eyes peering out above those masks to me that was even more scary is what happens when people get to the point where they're so afraid and they're driven by that fear the irrational things that they do so yes be prepared i don't know uh i i don't know that i'm prepared for everything but i'm certainly uh much i've thought about it a lot more than i i had uh, back in 2020 and i have done a few extra little things here and there but that's something we ought to pray about you ought to think about and i always tell people too you know you ought to prepare your soul because we're headed into some times that i don't think it's going to get um i just think it's going to get more exciting let's just put it that way you know uh <laughs> as we move into the you know the days ahead kind of excitement maybe i i i might not prefer but yeah i think that <laughs> a lot of us. Yeah, a lot of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. What are your thoughts? Because you said, uh, you know, have some gold, some metals on hand. Uh, yeah. that That's prudent. What do you think will happen with the economy and the bank system and the CBT- CDs? I know Fed Now is coming into play in July, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I just did an interview uh, with uh, Kirk Elliott on this the other day, and it was I mean, he lays out like very simple ways, the kind of the master plan of what's going on, what they're telling us about what's going on, and then what we can do to get ready for it. And 
As you mentioned, the FedNow app supposedly rolling out July. He says they want to go live by July 18th. What is the FedNow app? This is a, a way that they would be able to take payments um, instantly. And the, with that ability, again, that gives them the central bank digital currency, the, the ability to turn you on and off at any moment, your money on and off at any moment, tell you what you could spend that money on, when you could spend it. They can control everything. It, it, it is astounding. So you say something they don't like, or maybe you said something in the past they don't like. Well, they could take money away, give it to you at any point in time. And it is it is the ultimate control. And mm -hmm. it certainly sounds familiar. I told him, it sounds like something I've read about before. <laughs> Kirk, uh, I think I read about this in a book. Uh, yeah, a few of them, right? <laughs> so this is this is a... Uh, this is something that I, I'm not, I don't spend a lot of time up at night worrying about. Yeah. And I am going to do a few things to try and, and, um, and I'll get ready for that as well. And, and, you know, constantly looking at what are the, what are the options? So here's some other things other than buying the gold. So we could, could we know maybe people locally that are, that are farmers that are producing certain things that you could buy food from. Maybe we can connect with each other, talk to our neighbors a little bit more. Those are all things I think that are smart to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw that also the UN is working on like being able to digitize uh, your, like connecting your essentially digital footprint with the, uh, yeah. your digital ID with uh, your bank accounts. And so if the Fed now, and then they also released, I mean, we've known they've been doing this for a while, but they released and admitted that they've been, uh, you know, tracking all of our correspondence and data mining. And so it, you start to connect some of these data points and it looks a lot like a social, a global digital social credit system that I know was being uh, positioned as a crazy conspiracy theory, but Oh, These data points do seem a little bit connected. Yeah. yeah, just a crazy, wacky conspiracy theory is all that is. Nothing to see here. Right. Um, but everything now, it's what? Uh, it's just, it's it's days or hours between conspiracy and reality now, isn't it? Right, every, right. Single, every single piece of it. Yeah. I, uh, you know, again... Um, you know, these are things that I think we ought to stay on top of. We ought to be aware yeah. of. We ought to have conversations about. I don't let it keep me up at night, though. Okay. And I don't, you know, I, 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 part of what I want to tell other people, what I want to share with other people is that you need to be aware. That's prudent. Mm -hmm. uh, but don't ever be uh, afraid. Like the spirit of fear is not, it's not from God. So that's, that's, it's, it, it's, it's something else altogether. And again, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So uh, we times are going to get even more interesting as we move along. I'll be watching it, and um, and I and I and I'd love to talk to you again. I'm gonna have to have you on my show, Courtney. I really enjoyed this. This was a good time. I could talk to you all day. I've got a dentist <laughs> appointment, though. Unfortunately, I just looked at the clock. I was like, oh gosh, and I'm not looking forward to the dentist appointment. But I, I <laughs> but you need to go. Well, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. We can certainly continue the conversation. I'm happy to come on your show as well. So yeah, yeah let's absolutely. do that. Well, before we wrap up, tell people where they can find your show, where they can find your book, and all that good stuff. I love to. Yeah, justinbarclay.com. B A R C L A Y. Uh, you can get get it all. I broadcast every day for about two hours, nine to eleven. I do what's called the behind the scenes live stream. So you see my radio show, and then I do an after show. 
which is the show after the show. That's why we call it the after show. It's very, very creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Where I do, you came up with that? Yeah, it's just, it's just, In the reach. Juices are flowing. But then we do a podcast, which I call the podcast. Which I mean, it's just uh, it's just we're we're jam packed. But that's usually on the weekends, and I talk to great people. In fact, like you, where we have long form conversations like this, where we actually sit down and and discuss some of this stuff. Um, last week was Kirk uh, Elliot. We've uh, talked with uh, Riley Gaines. We talked with um, oh gosh, just some some great names. General Flynn talked with him before. I even had President Trump on my radio show last year. So yeah, I saw that. We get to talk to some amazing people, and uh, I've got some good ones lined up in the future, too. So, awesome. Yeah, give us a chance. We appreciate it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, and uh, I look forward to the future, future conversations, and I'll let you know when this comes out. Absolutely. Thank you, Courtney. God bless. You too. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.